Casino call in line at 405-329-9000. Sound off on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time for The Rush with Podcast Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. I, I didn't even get to um, event that, you know. And then all of a sudden, well, they're kicking it off. And then uh, <coughs> I'm working on this trademark cough. What do you think? Um, it's getting better, too. Um, well, then <coughs> we marched it downfield. <coughs> I I thought we could have been closer. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what to say about that anymore. <laughs> I think uh, that I think I want you to stop playing it. <laughs> this is what I think. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can. It just makes me so happy. In a weekend that was so crap with football, just hearing – like the real effort to try to get that one out is just uh, the best. Well, but that there's something wrong there, though, right? Uh, I mean, it's to really disgusting. Yes, I mean, there's there's something. I'm working on my signature cough there, or whatever he said. Yeah, imagine being around that every single day of your life, because what we just heard there was that was his Mona Lisa of throat clears. But Play the that's uh, not we worked it new. downfield again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we marched that's, it downfield. That's the worst we've ever heard it. But if you're uh, if oh, you yeah. live with the man or inside the walls with him, uh, that's that's nothing new. You hear that all day. You know, now that you mention, is he married? Yeah, I think so. Does he have kids? Uh, I don't know about that, but I feel like I feel like he's married. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Now that I'm, I'm thinking about it, he, have, he he has to be because he's been giving relationship advice for about 25 <laughs> years now to everyone who wants it. I don't think that's. I don't. Even if he wasn't married, I don't think that would stop him. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, Sharon Leach. Okay, I'm sure Sharon's awesome. God bless yeah. Sharon. Cody, Kim, Kirsten. He's got like four kids. Really? Yeah. Okay. Fascinating. Oh, okay. Where to go on this football game, Tyler? Should we hit the text line? Uh, I mean, we could get Is to the text line. Is there anything that it's you just, want to get to in yeah, particular? I, just to kind of run it back for the, the 5 o'clock crowd, it's just um, it's getting really tiresome. It's getting really annoying. It's getting really old, losing the way that this program loses because it just they all look the same, man. You have some very critical mistakes on both sides, but more than anything, you get pushed around and get out physical. It's just yeah. it, it just seems to be such a common theme for losses um, for I don't even know how many years now, and it just people are just growing tired because these losses just look the same. Yeah, yeah, um, I they do. It, it's unfortunately. We, we've we've gone the offense route. We've been so good at quarterback for so long that 
the the problem defense that, that we have defensively and kind of the culture around you know get being able to get by with being bad on defense is like ingrained and it's ingrained in our players and it's hard to eliminate man it is it's hard to to root that out and you know sometimes you got to lose a bunch of games for it to hit home and i hate i hate that that's that's the case but i don't know i feel like uh and this doesn't make it doesn't make me feel better and i know it doesn't make anyone else feel better but i kind of feel like something like this was almost needed to a certain degree maybe it is does that make sense? That, that'd be the silver lining in all of this. Have to go through this. You got to hit rock bottom to build yourself back up. Yeah, I, you know, I, I felt it on Saturday too, especially after that fourth and one. It was like a collective sigh from everyone in the stadium because it's like we we knew that once that fourth and one was converted, they were going to go down and score, or they were going to yeah. go down and you know get make the plays necessary to keep the OU offense on the field. It just feels like with this defense. If that offense picks up a first down, then it kind of feels like the drive is over. Yeah. This defense cannot rally back and figure out a way to get a stop. It's just it's frustrating, man. Someone hits yep. on a big play, it's like, all right, well, they're going to go down and get points. That's how this works. Yeah. And they weren't doing that at the beginning of the year, which I know a lot of things were happening in the first three games of the year that aren't happening now, but – they would give up a big play, and they would figure out a way to get off the field and get a stop. That's just that's just not that's not the case now. And right. you can tell they're not playing with any sort of confidence whatsoever. Even if they're there, even if the fit is right against the run, there's no knockback tackles. They're actually getting pushed back a yard and a half or two yards. So yeah. what should be a second and ten, even if it's fit right and played well, a lot of times it's second and eight or second and seven and a half because they're not playing downhill. Yeah, there's they're 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 just feeling their way around, and trust me, I I know the feeling. I understand it. I've been there. Whenever you aren't a hundred percent confident in in what you're doing and what everyone else is doing and how you fit, and you're lost in trying to figure out how not to screw up, and as you're doing that, you are unaware of what's happening on the other side and how they're about to attack you and you don't have your antenna up for problem areas and you're not communicating because you're so focused on just trying to get yourself in the right place you just you play so slow you got no punch you become like great athletes become very very average or below instantly whenever you don't know where you're going and then something like all of a sudden it's like, well, now I know this formation. I know this this call. I know this fit. I know what we're about to get. And you got 100% confidence, and, and here comes the snap, and you play it downhill with some punch, and you look super aggressive. you know. But as things un- unravel and you, you make mistakes, as the game wears on, you start to lose confidence in yourself and knowing where you're supposed to be and where you're supposed to fit. And you you just start swimming out there, and the whole thing goes bad. And the only way to avoid that or to lessen that is you have to know 100% what you're doing and what everyone else is doing. 
and it can't just be one guy out there that that knows it. it. Everyone has to know it. Sure. It's the only way you play great defense. Yeah. Parker tweeted something out during the game. Uh, he said, overheard on the Baylor sideline. They're going to break now. They're done. And that just makes me think that they knew going into the game, Baylor, we're going to be more physical, and at some point in the game, they are going to break. Mm-hmm. And it just goes to the point where, and Baylor's done this the past two years, probably even longer than that, Kansas State, Iowa State, teams that are super physical, they've got a ton of confidence that they're going to be the more physical team over OU. And at some point, OU's going to break. That's really frustrating, man. That if someone goes in the game and says, we're going to make it a point to be more physical, more times than not, they're able to do it. And that's what happened on Saturday. I don't don't necessarily think that Baylor's a better team than OU, top to bottom. In fact, I probably think that OU is a better team, top to bottom. But Baylor's better when it matters, and they're way more physical, and that was ultimately the difference in the game, amongst some other things. Yep. When you play, when you play physical and you play with some velocity, it it travels well and it gives you a chance. But you know, I, Baylor played. Just lost Teddy from the Newcastle Casino. I don't know what he was about to say. I was going to try and finish his sentence. Maybe he was going to say Baylor played one of their better games of the year. Which I guess, if you think about it that way, did Baylor? I mean, they had the one interception to Billy Bowman, but outside that, it feels like, yeah, Baylor played pretty well. They they just didn't have any costly mistakes like OU, right? Like All of the big-time mistakes that were made on Saturday were from OU sideline. Um, You had, of course, what we've been talking about all day, maybe the most frustrating penalty of the entire year. Penalties, I should say, because there were two penalties on the play. But think of all the big mistakes that happened on Saturday. You had the uh, the penalty by OU, last offensive play of the first half. Two penalties in one, backs you up 15 yards, you miss the field goal. David Ahuebu has a great play in the third quarter. Maybe you hold Baylor to three instead of a touchdown on that drive. That goes against OU because Isaiah Coe uh, rips a helmet off of a, of a Baylor player. You had the three turnovers that OU committed. Uh, I'm trying to think. There's, there's got to be, I think there's like one or two more that I'm missing. The point is, like, all the big mistakes, all the costly mistakes that happened on Saturday were on OU. How about the punt by Michael Turk? You've got the fourth and four, and you're trying to pin him deep, and that one's a touchback instead of pinning Baylor deep. Teddy, we got you back now. I don't know what you were going to say. Mm-hmm. You felt like Baylor I, – I guess that you were going to say – Baylor played one of their better games of the year, but I came with the point that it felt like every major mistake that happened on Saturday was was on OU. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was going to say. Is Baylor eked out a win, and I, they had the one interception where, frankly, it looked like the guy could have made the play uh, on the ball. He just I don't think he ever saw it. But, uh, you know, we, we got that interception. But other than that, they played what was a – uh, just a, a clean football game. Offensively, they were clean. They didn't penalize themselves a lot. We got a massive makeup call on that offensive pass interference that turned into a huge play for them that got yeah. called back. Like I, I am, I'm, I'm usually like screaming about these pick plays and how they're illegal. Like that one was, they gave us that call, but it was after that, that. Uh, weird exchange on that punt where we were blocked into the the returner and and got a penalty for it and they gave us a makeup call at least that's what I gathered but 
outside of that, it was just a super clean game from Baylor. Didn't make many mistakes. Didn't didn't do anything like super uh, impressive. Like there was a couple of tip balls that end up interceptions for him. That was nice, but uh, if you were just to look at the the stat sheet, you'd be hard pressed to figure out that Baylor won the game, other than maybe the turnover aspect of things. But I. It's almost like they didn't even have to earn it. I know. You know, it was just yeah. totally handed to well, them on the silver platter. Even the third and three at the 50, right? There's 2.06 left in the fourth, and even if OU gets that stop, there's not going to be a whole lot of time. But, again, even with all of the crap that happened, get a stop on third and three. Maybe they go for it on fourth down, but that's not the point here. But get a stop on third and three, and you get a chance to get the ball back. And yeah. it was, Teddy, you at least want to make them earn it on the third and three, right? Really? Mm-hmm. Well, he should have ran for a 50-yard touchdown. He could have if he wanted to. 43-yard gain, and he takes a knee at the seven-yard line. That's so damn which, frustrating. Which the interesting thing about that is the frustrating part about that is how he did that, you know they talked about it. If you, if you break one and you're probably going to break one on this drive, don't yeah. score. Yeah, nothing happened on Saturday that surprised Baylor. With yeah. no use defense. And it just goes back to that's what's just so disappointing is they factored in like, yeah, at some point we're going to make their defense break with our run game. And they were right. It happened. Yep. But as yep. much as we're talking about the defense, the offense, um, they had some big issues as well. They did not they did not help out the defense whatsoever in the first half. Three turnovers themselves. The offense, yeah, 499 yards, 35 points. That's great but they could have done a whole lot more to help that team win on Saturday. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's um it is a uh it's a frustration. And I don't I don't know where you I, I don't know where you lay the blame. I don't know where necessarily uh I defensively it's just it's kind of across the board man it's it's d-line it's linebacker it's secondary it's not one guy it's multiple guys it's just like there's there's not enough understanding of of where they're supposed to be where they're supposed to line up and how they adjust and you know i i don't think that at this point in the season there's going to be an aha moment to where everyone kind of clicks together and understands it together. You just got to kind of hang on at this point and do what you can. And hopefully you're able to drill it through bowl practice and drill it in, in the off season and through the spring and through the summer. And by the time this large core of, of players comes back next year, that you've got a much better understanding of the defense and, and how to adjust with it. I mean, that's about the only thing that you can take from yeah. it. Uh, text line, the last two games versus Baylor. 95 rushing attempts, 578 yards, seven touchdowns. No yeah. wonder they think we'll quit. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the squirrel kid went for almost two bills on us. I, he wasn't even the running back we were talking about all week long. Talk about the true right. freshman. Yeah, the Reese kid, and I think he was banged up or something. He went Did in. Did he get the flu? Is that what I heard earlier this week? He had the flu last week, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think there were some guys on their team that had had, had COVID, but 
I don't know. He was out there, and he jogged in at one point with a couple of trainers. I don't know what the deal was. Let me hit about three of these texts before we hit a break. Are okay. we just not big enough in the trenches? Is that why we're less physical? No. We don't know where we're going. We don't know where we're going. We play too high. Um, it, 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 it all To me, it all stems from not knowing where we're supposed to be. When you don't know where you're supposed to be, you're guessing. Um, you lose confidence that the other people around you are going to be where they're supposed to be, so you start looking and turkey-necking, thinking you're going to make a play for someone else in their gap, not just destroying yours. I mean, it's – we have plenty of – well, I don't know. You, know. you can always be bigger and you can always be faster and you can always be stronger, all of those things, but we've got good enough players – to play far better than what we are right now. Michael in Logan County says, I can understand losing to Baylor. What I don't understand is the undisciplined aspect of this team. The opening drive after halftime, give up 38 yards, 16 yards, stupid penalty, stop them on first down, pass interference in the end zone, then touchdown. Uh, just kind of, you know, going. Really, um, that first play of the third quarter was extremely disappointing. You get a half to regroup, like come out, like let's get a stop, get the ball back to the offense, chance to take the lead. And wasn't it the first play on the third quarter where they busted that big play on the outside? Um, I think it was the. I thought it was the first play of the third quarter. What? Regardless, big play it, was a, on the it was a really, it was a really bit, it was a really bad drive. Baylor's yeah. first drive of the third quarter where they got the ball coming out of half. Um, that was the drive where Coe had the penalty, OU had the pass interference in the end zone, and Baylor scored to go up ten. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, the whole thing was frustrating, so there's not many points that stand out as more frustrating than the other. I Well, I will tell you, I almost boiled over on the broadcast whenever Turk kicked the ball into the end zone. Yeah. And I know it was close to being a great touchback, but it really wasn't. You know, the ball's bouncing and flying into the end zone. It would have went all the way to the back wall had someone not grabbed it in the air and tried to toss it out. So that was uh, that was maddening, which that is a pet peeve for me. It always has been. Is, is, I, is I, almost, uh, I almost killed a punter on the field whenever I played in the UFL, whenever he punted one out of the back of the end zone. Oh, yeah, that's, that's bad. <laughs> the win was a factor on uh, Saturday, sure, but I, that was towards the end of the game. You, you kind of knew what, what the ball was going to do at that point. He's kicking into the wind. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, the problem is the defense has for four years thought that the sticker on the side of their helmet was worth a couple of tackles apiece. I, I think it's just more about um, this program has been so offensive dependent for so long that I think it's like seeped into the – it's it's still there. It's still present. Well, no I'll, tell you, I'll tell you right now, there is no the problem. It – that may be one of the problems, but is not the problem. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, we've got, there's plenty of things there that are going on. But here's the deal, though, okay? I still believe in these players. I think we have good players. I believe in this coaching staff. I think we have a good staff. And... I trust the process. I, I, I had hoped, wished that it was going to happen 
quicker than it has. And, you know, that was that was unrealistic, and it was uh, an oversight for me. But I still believe that these, these guys are going to come around. I still think that we have good players, and I still think that the scheme and what Venables does works, and I believe it's going to just take a little bit of time. So we'll see. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on. Make the right call for O. Back to the text line. Looks like we're going to have some new blood in the playoff this year. Bama, got to think it's a two-loss team. They're out. I think Clemson is a one-loss team. They're out as well. And Tennessee loses on Saturday. I think Tennessee's still in a great spot to get that fourth and final playoff spot if they just went out, which they should. Uh, what do they got, like uh, Missouri, Vanderbilt, and South Carolina left on the schedule? I think the Vols got a great – if they can get TCU to lose a game – and Oregon to lose another game, I think the Vols will probably play Georgia in the Peach Bowl. The Oregon's – you think Oregon's going to lose another game? No, I, I say they may need them to lose another game. Yeah. I think your playoff is going to be Georgia v. Ohio State University, Oregon, and – Michigan, Man. Tennessee, TCU. I don't think it's going to be – you think it's going to be Michigan? Um, there's been some theories thrown out there that if they can just lose to Ohio State close, they'll have a chance. And Where's their signature win? Do they have a signature win? They had a terrible non-conference schedule. I think that that will no. probably come into play for them. So I'd say, I'd say chaos would have to happen for one loss to Michigan. That's a uh, non-Big Ten champ to get in. Yeah, they'll if because if Tennessee's a one-loss non-SEC champion, they'll put them in over Michigan and ain't close. I totally agree with that. Um, I think Oregon is going to win the Pacific Twelve with one loss and be in. How about that? And uh, I think hmm. it, it may come down if. The University of Southern California happens to beat UCLA. I don't think they're going to. They've just, just been hanging on here recently. Maybe they will, though. It could come down to – listen to this, Tyler. It could come down to Oregon versus USC in the Pac-12 championship, not just for a playoff berth, but also for the Heisman Trophy oh between gosh. Bo Nix and Caleb that's, Williams. That's my own personal nightmare. Please do not let that <laughs> scenario come true. Oh, my Who gosh. Who else are you going to give it to? Um, Georgia doesn't have anyone that's, that's worthy of it. I, I mean, his numbers are going to look awesome, but I uh, – Has anyone even watched him play this year? Not really. Has, hasn't it been – I mean – It's very been a Ohio, very quiet year for them. They've been yeah. so untested. They're nine and zero, and it's like I feel like I haven't even realized that we they all watched played. the Penn State game. Well, it was on the same time yeah. as the OU game last week, so we didn't really watch that. But that's the first time that you really paid attention to those guys. No, right. hey, o- Oregon's got a chance, man, um, because they get to play a top fifteen Utah team in a couple weeks at home, and Oregon State is ranked twenty third, six yeah. and three football team. So Oregon's resume actually for a Pac twelve team doesn't look bad. When you count that top ten win at the time over UCLA, and yeah, the loss to Georgia was bad, but it was Week One, and Georgia looks like the best team in the country. So yeah. they're gonna get they're gonna get a pass on that one. They were yep. very fortunate that Georgia looks like they might roll through undefeated. Oregon had and to have that. Here's the thing: 
they um, like the ESPN, everyone involved, they want some new blood. And I know maybe you're going to get it with Tennessee, but that 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 Pacific time zone audience has not been engaged since what year one of the playoff, which has been the highest rated playoff by a massive amount. It's been that long since you've had that that entire uh, yeah. entire side of the country. Twenty sixteen, Washington was in it. That was the last team. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're but, right. Yes, it's been a while well, they, for the. Pac-12. They were in it, but they weren't in it. If you know what I mean. Well, yeah, Alabama won convincingly, but it wasn't convincing enough. Nick Saban fired uh, Lane Kiffin basically. Told him not to coach the <laughs> national championship game because they didn't beat Washington by enough points. So, what are we thinking about Saban and Bama right now? Um. Hmm. Well, There's I okay. Be people saying yeah. he's done. Okay, I I've learned over time to not say that the dynasty's over because they always come back and win a title. But this is the most disappointing year they've had in at least a decade. They had a Heisman Trophy winner coming back. That offensive line was a question mark coming into the year, but we thought you know Alabama's going to figure it out up front. They've mm-hmm. lost a game because of their defense, the Tennessee game. And offensively, they weren't very good at all on Saturday against LSU. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think Nick Saban will end up figuring it out, but it's like they still got to go to Ole Miss this year. Think about that, though, dude. Alabama is seven and two. They lost to Tennessee like in a crazy game. Walk where, off field goal. Personally, they got. Screwed on that pass interference yep. call, if you ask me. They've lost on the last play of the game in both of their losses. Yep, and then they lost on the road at LSU in another crazy game. That's their two losses right now, and it's like it's the end of the world for Alabama. The dynasty's over. Forget about it. They're terrible. Saban's retiring. It's like it's all. It's not that bad. Vegas doesn't think so. They're going to 11th ranked Ole Miss on Saturday, and they're a 13 point, or excuse me, a 12 point favorite. Yeah, and here's the other thing: they might win the SEC this year. Well, I guess they need LSU to lose, don't they? Yeah. Let's see. Bama has two conference losses. LSU only has one. LSU's going to have to lose a couple more times. And LSU, they, who was their first? Who was their first loss? Was a non-con? Yeah, Florida State. Remember that crazy game? Yeah. On that Sunday? Yeah. Yeah. LSU yeah, only has two SEC games left at Arkansas and at A&M. They'd have to lose both of those oof. for Bama to get in. Man, that ain't happening, I don't think. Arkansas has – They lost to Liberty at home on Saturday. Ugh. What? Talk about a team that has fallen apart. Lost to Liberty, then had a couple of guys arrested after the game, right? Yeah, one of them was a uh, Miles Slusher. He's an Oklahoma kid. I think he's what? He played at Broken Arrow? Dixon Street will get you. Just ask Baker. Ooh. Uh, they're going to absolutely destroy Texas A&M. I hope so. God willing, that'll happen. Hopefully, A&M doesn't lose or doesn't win another game. And they lose to UMass at home. That'd be fantastic. But it's it's right. falling apart down there, man. It is coming. Like, did you? They had about twenty players out because of the flu. But mm-hmm. it it definitely feels like um, it's it's coming apart in College Station. It's bad. Well, they lost like five in a row, I think, now. Let's see. Yeah, I think. Five in a row and six overall. They lost that one to App State and then beat Miami and Arkansas. 
which they should have lost the Arkansas game. Um, I say should have lost. They were fortunate to have won the Arkansas game, or it would have been seven straight, or it would have been six straight and seven overall. But I don't think they beat Olburn, and I dang sure don't think they beat Louisiana State. So you can tack on a couple of more. What's that going to be, eight losses yep. perhaps yep. for A&M this year? Mm-hmm. That's going to be tough to stomach now. What's going to happen there to Fisher? Uh, he's going to be on nothing. Ma- it, nothing. He's got like a ninety million dollar buyout. <laughs> you're, you're you're stuck with him. I told you though, at some point, uh, if he doesn't want to be there, he will negotiate. Oh hell, I'll just go to West Virginia. You never say no to home. You know, there's nothing like home out there at West Virginia. I'll just got negotiate out, go back home to West Virginia, and revive that program. I'm telling you, he's going to negotiate a buyout of, I don't know. Forty million bucks, something like that. Oh, A and M would do that deal in a heartbeat. I think I today, if they could get him out for forty million dollars. I'm just telling you, dude. No one wants to be somewhere where I don't care how much money's involved, where nobody wants you. Well, here here's the beautiful thing about it from an OU fan's perspective, and not like anything's great around here. But that's fine. Let, let's say that that were to happen tomorrow. Jimbo negotiates a deal out. He's the next head coach at West Virginia. They get out for half of the buyout, more than half, $40 million. That doesn't doesn't solve anything for Texas A&M. They'll just do the same thing all over again. They'll go get a high-profile head coach, overpay him, have a massive buyout for him, and the circle of suck will continue just like it has since 1939, their last national championship. I don't know who it is. It's going to be a high-profile name. Say Lane Kiffin. They'll go get Lane Kiffin, pay him all this money, do all this NIL, and it won't mean jack squat because A&M will still always be A&M no matter who is uh, roaming the sideline over there. Does not matter. You think Lane? You think can Lane Kiffin take that job after all the trash he's talked? <laughs> yes, I, yes, yeah. Everyone hates Jimbo Fisher so much they probably love him for being the one that talks all the trash to uh, yeah. to Jimbo. Yeah, probably right. Oh boy. Well, I don't know. Let's hit a timeout and then take some text messages. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. A couple of segments left here from Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. College Hoops gets kicked off today, or has been kicked off today. Baylor, fifth-ranked Baylor, they won a game 117-53 to today over Mississippi Valley State. College Hoops underway. Uh, Sooner men will take the floor tonight at 7 p.m. at home. Uh, to the text line we go, though. Says, Saban retires, mule shoot Bama. That's from Shark. Uh, say that again? Mule, or excuse me, Saban retires, mule shoot Bama. You with think a, so? With a laughing face emoji at the end. I think they're uh, they're kidding around with that one. Uh, it may happen. That may happen. Bama has also barely won two more games in both Texas and Texas A&M. That's true. Bama had a moral loss to Texas, LOL. Dan says, it's obvious that Caleb Williams is the best player in the country, having stayed up and hate-watched USC this season. It's been hard to hate-watch USC this year. Golly, that was another, like, 8.30 Central time kick on Saturday. But that's not a great Cal team. And Cal, what, what was that, a six-point game on Saturday, I think? Yeah, they uh, they had a big fourth quarter. I think they – did they score three touchdowns in the fourth quarter to make a, a comeback at, at USC? 
And uh, they escaped again. They've, they've gotten past Cal and what was it, Arizona last week yep. that they they beat by a touchdown. Um, and those are those are three and six football teams. And I don't know. They've got they got UCLA coming up. That's going to be a really tough game. And Notre Dame too, dude. And Notre Dame, yeah. So. Notre They've Dame started testers. to play a lot better. They won at Syracuse a couple of weeks ago and then that beat yep. down at Clemson. So, I don't know if Notre they, Dame's turned a corner or not. They look like they're playing better. They may have to go uh, at UCLA, Notre Dame, and then Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. So, uh, they've got a they've got their, their biggest tests so far of the season by far. The only other real test that they've had was at Utah, and they lost that in a tight game. So, you know, it's, it's, we, I, I, it's like we really still don't know much about the University of Southern Cal. Agree. This is what we were afraid of at the beginning of all this chaos that Muleshoe caused. Be patient and keep your eyes on the big picture three years out. If we are doing the same thing after three years, then be worried. Um, yeah. It's an, I'll be worried, though, if they're not a lot better next season. Yeah. Yeah. I think they should be. Uh, like I was saying, like you know, defensively, it, it's it's tough. It's been tough on these guys to have to you know the young guys that are out there playing a lot of snaps to learn two two schemes in two years. That's a, that's a lot, not easy. Um, so to be able to have this full year of experience, even though it's not been great, but to go through it and. Have another off season and hopefully a bowl practice and those things to continue to get reps and practice is is going to be meaningful. But yeah, it's it's not fun, but going to have to be patient with it. If we're going to hold the players accountable, why do the coaches continue to play the same guys who make the same mistakes every single week? It's from the nine one eight. I don't know, but I'm not engaging with with those with that question. I don't know who else they have behind some of these guys. So. I, I, I've, 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 I just I can't say that anymore. That if you think that it's bad, imagine what it would look like if they put the guys out there that they can't trust in practice, right? Yeah, I mean, no, I, I'm I'm totally with you. Come on, that. yeah. The only way they're much better next season is if – hold on, let me see. The only way they're much better next year is if Jackson Arnold is good enough to beat out Dylan Gabriel. Strong disagreement. Dylan Gabriel's not the issue here. Now, I'm not saying that he was great on Saturday because he wasn't, but that that is far away from being the issue. And Dylan Gabriel's going to start next season. He'll be your starter next year. Now, could there be a scenario where Jackson Arnold is really good and he takes over for Dylan Gabriel at some point. Maybe I even give that a low probability. But if you think the only way OU's better next year is if Dylan Gabriel's not the starter, I, I got bad news for you. He is your starter. They're not – like, next year is so huge for the staff. Next year is massive for the program. They're not going to put a critical year two on the shoulders of a true freshman quarterback. That's just not going to happen. Well, I, I even if they do, though, is that what you want? You want to continue to hide the problem with quarterback play? Is that what you want? That is that the the answer? I mean, I don't. Know. Maybe maybe that's the truth, right? Is that the only way we get better? We're not going to get any better on 
on defense. We're not going to get any better at any other position. The only way is if we get better at quarterback. Well, in my opinion, that sucks. That's not what I want. I who, Look at the number one team in the country right now. Unanimous. Number one. It's Georgia. Do they have the best quarterback in college football? Best no, quarterback I'll... in college football. They won a championship last year, and everyone was saying, oh, yeah, thanks, Stetson Bennett. He probably needs to retire, though. He doesn't need to play next season. Now, I'll say that he is way better than he gets credit for. I do agree with that. He's I don't understand the slander. But still, the point is, I Georgia is not where they are because they have the best quarterback in the country every year. Like, that's where I want to be. I want to be where you've got a total team built, offense, defense, special teams, to where you don't have a margin of error that requires your quarterback plays out of his damn mind every single game in order to get a win. A win. That's not what I want. Yeah. Well, I, I can already see it now next year. You're going to have uh, – your starting quarterback is going to be one of the most, if not the most experienced quarterback in all of college football, and I think that that's what you want at that position. And if he plays poorly early on, we're going to – like the same crap we heard last year from Caleb Williams, we'll, we'll hear that next year with Jackson Arnold. Yeah. Well, hey, Which is Jackson fine, Arnold whatever, is but. an incredible young talent. I think he's going to be fantastic. But I'm in no rush to get him out there on the field. That's just me. They have to totally change their lineup in the trenches through the portal. They're going to be a player through the portal. I just – whether they're better defensively, the same, or worse, I just – I don't think that you should expect 11 new starters on the defense next year. I think you're yeah. going to be disappointed if you if that's your hope. There will be new starters on the defense next year, yes. I don't think it's going to be a complete overhaul, though. They'll, yeah, I'm with you. There'll be a player – through the portal, and I don't know, man. I See, this is, this is again, and maybe this is a flaw that I have, but I refuse to believe that it just so happens that we've had 100 misses in recruiting on our football team, that our, the defensive linemen that we've recruited and – the offensive lineman and like everything that we've got is just a flat-out miss, and they can't learn and they can't play, and there's no reason to even spend any time there. We're all wasting our time. Right, we've been we've had top ten recruiting classes almost yearly for a decade. Right, we got a bunch of good players on this team, so I, I refuse to believe that you just have to ship everyone out. I think that's a. I think it's a, not a good way to run a program. Now, just like we said, they're definitely going to be a player. They're going to be trying to supplement talent. They're going to be trying to bring in some guys to address some problem areas where they're light. There's no doubt about that. But, right, we got guys that can play. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap things up next. Stay with us.